Hello, RP people, and welcome back to Roleplaying as Smart People, the podcast where we pretend to know what we're talking about when it comes to RPG systems, mechanics, uh, news, and dumb rants on topics we have way overthought. My name is Santa, and I'm glad you've decided to tune in again. As always, joining me today are Mr. Finder and Scott W. Say hello, guys. Hey. What up? Yeah, I always have to ask them or else they won't say shit. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to calm down. We had a conversation. got really off topic when we were talking about today's episode. But well, anyways, hopefully it won't happen. It will happen, but hopefully it doesn't happen that much. On today's episode, we will be talking about social, uh, the social aspect of tabletop and how our characters may be a little bit more smooth than we are in some situations. From swaying a crowd of rabble-rousers to winning a court case. How do we handle the skill gap between characters and players? Well, let's try and find out. Uh, one thing I actually find a little bit funny about RPG systems and all that work is even though RPG systems, half of it is about the social interactions. It seems to always be the part of most RPGs that are the least fleshed out. I don't know if that's just me thinking it, but what do you guys think on that a little bit? You know, I never really thought I've, ne- I've never really thought about it a whole lot. Mainly because I'm, I, I play games for the combat. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm one of those dudes. There we go. There we go. Yeah. There we go. It's. Uh, I mean, you're not wrong. But I would say 99 percent of games are written around combat and social. Social or yeah. I mean, if you want to get so specific, social stuff is one page, couple paragraphs at most. So normally, it's not really a whole thing. There are games designed around that, but you know, that's a that's a whole different bundle of stuff oh totally so how do we handle these skills in game uh that are maybe a little bit more difficult to deal with in real life than it is in an rpg such as like interactions like you know to tr- try and persuade someone to bluff someone to intimidate to interrogate or even something that uh before this episode started finder said was unlike an rpg can you really tell if someone's lying these are all things that we don't know how to actually do that we're trying to do. Like, how do you handle those skills? (laughs) A lot of (laughs) hand-waving. Yeah, I mean, it. I guess it kind of depends, right? Because this is, um, especially social stuff, this is where you start seeing uh, a lot of, um, oh, aggressive might be too strong of a term, but you start seeing the real, like, that forward-leaning nerd you know, of like, okay, cool, you know, like Finder. Finder is our bard. Finder has an 18 charisma, super smooth, whatever. You know, however you translate that. Um, okay, cool. Uh, Finder, you know, he wants to convince the city guard to kind of look the other way at a moment, which that shit happens, right? Cops are asked that all the time by, by criminals. And, um, okay, cool. So Finder's response is, you know, okay, cool. I'm going to roll my persuade. Well, no, no, I, I need you to act it out for me and scene. Right. And I fucking hate that. Yeah, I agree. And I agree because I am not smooth. See, and like, I, I get it. Like as a player, sometimes it's easier just to say, well, I, I'm rolling persuade. And when you get someone who's like, well, how do you persuade them? And you're like, uh oh, I'm not too sure how to, you know, persuade a dragon to let me take half his gold. Like, how the, how would you actually do this? And it's one of those situations where it's like 
intimidating. I am the least intimidating person you'll ever meet in real life. Like I am, I'm not, I'm not tall by any standard. And I am a person who, if anyone's heard me talk, how I talk is pretty much how I, you know, act. I'm very childish (laughs) to put it lightly. (laughs) So like for me, like if someone was like, Hey, you got to intimidate this guy in this game. And I would just be like, you you actually perfect example our game how did i intimidate a guy who's uh he was an accountant so i ate his books yeah that's my version of intimidating <laughs> i got nothing on that yeah i mean it's just but you know and that's kind of like some of the people i get because they're just you know the the, the biggest reclama almost every aggressive nerd or every person who thinks they're a drama theater geek at the, at the table is like well you should at least try Okay, cool story, right? You can ask as a GM, be like, okay, well, how does that look when you do that? And I do it to you guys all the time, right? And I know I put you guys in some spots sometimes, but if you were to be like, yeah, I just, you know, uh, I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to use a situation in hand and blah, 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 and then I'm going to roll my skill check, right? Okay, cool. You're still using your character, your character skills over you, you know? And then the second reclama is, well, if they act really well, then I might give them a bonus. Well, f*** you. Why, why are you doing that? Now you're penalizing the fucking player. So I'm going to swear a lot in this one. No, that's you're great. penalizing the players who aren't comfortable doing that yeah. for one reason or another. These kids all want these goddamn consent forms. And this kind of shit isn't ever on those consent forms, right? There's a whole bunch of other shit that gets on there of like spiders and violence and shit that I, I understand to a degree. But this kind of shit is like, oh, force force me to fucking play act. No, that's never on there. And you have people who just aren't comfortable, like you said. They're just that's not most not most gamers. Yeah. And to demand this is one thing. And other people are like, well, I don't demand it. Nah, you write a whole forty forty paragraph tirade on the internet about how you how you want to do this and that. That that's demanding, right? That's extracting that from them instead of you just asking a simple question and letting them say simple words and then roll the goddamn dice. Because really, it's a game. The dice are the final arbiters of this. And where I get into it with people is like, cool story. You want me to fucking play? I, awesome. I have a degree of charisma, and I don't mind talking to people. I, I've spent a long time, a long career, having to be forced to speak to human beings in big audiences and small audiences. So I can do it, but not everyone is like that. Cool story. You look like you drink a lot of soy and almond milk. So cool. Before you swing that sword, I want to know exactly how you attack a griffin. No, bitch, you're not going to tell me to swing your sword. I want you to pick up my broadsword, and I want you to show me how you swing the sword. Oh, you want to bend bars lift gates? Okay, cool. We're going to go out to my weights. Then I need you to show me how you military deadlift a portcullis. Oh, you don't want to do that. Oh, that's different. And that's the excuse she always hears. Well, that's different. No, it's not different. It's the same thing. You're being asked to do something you cannot do or you're not comfortable doing. End of rant. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I have a I have a notepad written down just so if I hear any kind of imperfections in the voice or anything like that, I can just like you know write okay around this time. I just wrote drama building music. <laughs> Sorry, I just I feel strongly about this topic because I think I think nerds have a weird idea of of the game, yeah. and they don't believe it's a game. Again, it's one of those hills they want to die on. Yeah. And they don't understand it. So here's just a thought from when i was hearing you it's like and i agree if someone's not comfortable acting out a situation with words or anything like that what if instead of you saying well you have to act it out like you know say all the words in order to get like a little bonus what if they just had to kind of almost set the scene so like not say well my guy like me cornelius of 
Cornholio uh, goes up like and starts this giant monologue of exactly what he's saying. What if they almost like just set the scene for you on how their character is, per- how they see them being portrayed in this moment so that they don't actually have to go into great detail about the words or anything like that. That way that you could still see their situation. And if a person is comfortable with actually saying that whole speech, they can still do it. They can get a little bonus, but also helps the people that are, simply not comfortable with that maybe get a little bit more comfortable just by allowing them to set the scene instead of the full you know monologue i'm gonna i want finder to answer but i want to clarify want clarification are you saying if they someone does dramatize it they get a bonus but the normal person they get no bonus if they just try a little bit right no, they would still get they would still get a bonus if they tried a little bit, not even with the whole speech or anything, but just by just allow allowing them to almost, you know, set the scene. Like you know, if they were describing it in a book, sure, sure. how would they sh- see the person doing it? That way, they still get the bonus that the person who is very charismatic and dramatic, but it allows them to do it at their own pace. Pace, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, that they are comfortable with. That way everyone is happy you get a little bit for being able to involve them in a little bit more of an rpg but it's not pushing them to do those massive daunting speeches either through intimidation interrogation bluff persuasion so my my take on this is uh, you know i think it'd be it, it, it there's there's a burden of responsibility on the gm to help the people uh, tell this story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I realize that even as a writer, that we're not really telling stories when we're playing D and D. We're not really telling stories when we play any of these games. we like to think we are. And to some degree, there's a very, sim- there, there's a big similarity between what we're doing, but we're, we're creatively working together and the GM has more information than the players do. The player characters have more information than the player themselves. And to, to Scott's point, some people aren't comfortable acting this out. So mm-hmm. as a GM, what I'm, what I'm thinking, and this is all kind of spur of the moment for me, extemporaneously uh, coming up with the way that I would want to approach this myself is if, if they could tell me as the GM, you know what, there are different ways that you can persuade someone, right? You can stroke their ego, you can be charming, you can do all these different types of ways to try and persuade. So even if they don't want to act it out, and I'm okay with that, because I hate doing acting, I, I, I hate doing voices at the table when I'm GM, I just, it's not something that I com- I'm comfortable doing, um, except in a rare situation. So if they're not comfortable doing that, that's okay. But let's set the scene a little bit by saying, you know what, I'm going to go up and I'm going to try and smooth talk him and I'm going to stroke his ego a little bit, and then great, let's roll. But part of it also comes down to the GM needing to help them understand perhaps even the world economy, right? So in a game where maybe you're needing to bribe somebody, okay, well, how are you bribing them? I don't know. I'm not a part of the criminal world. I have no idea what a going bribe rate is. Is it is $1,000 too much? Is it not enough? My character, who does this all the time, would probably have a better feel for this. But if you're asking me to set that price, and then they're going to tell me to screw off or or like pull one over on me because I just don't know, that's when I, I struggle because you're asking me to impact my character in a way that I have no idea what I'm doing now. 
Um, so I think there's there's a level of GM responsibility to help that person uh, be able to visualize what's going on as well. And, and perhaps that's part of why they don't want to act it out is they don't feel comfortable. They don't know what the social norms are. They don't know what the economy is. They don't know what everything is. And if a GM can inject just a little bit of information, I typically find people are willing to riff off of one another. So if, if the GM starts it off, like a lot of times, Scott, I know you'll say, well, are you doing this? Or are you doing that sort of thing? That allows us the opportunity to say, oh, you know what? I like that idea. Let's roll with this one. And we can build on that as a team at that point. But a lot of times it's like the GMs just seem to say, okay, what do you say? I have no idea what I say because I, I'm not part of the criminal underground. I have no idea what they act like. <laughs> yeah. And then a part of that is because the GM also doesn't know what, what, what to say. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so it's not really, a, it's, yeah, it's this weird cycle of just, of social awkwardness. And it's like, how many people get scammed when they buy a car, right? If you were that badass, <laughs> you wouldn't be getting your shit scammed every four years or five years when you're buying a car. You know what I'm saying? Like, like a lot of a lot of shit talking goes on amongst gamers, but the reality is just like awesome. You know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like from my perspective, if someone, you, basically, your question is, if someone makes effort to their best degree and effort, do you give them a bonus? And my response is, is no, unless the situation warrants it. Right? I just don't believe in bonuses. You have skills for a reason in games that have skills. Yeah. Um. So, like, if you go ad nauseum on this tirade of how you're going to do things, I really don't give a shit. Um, but if it's like, oh, okay, well, if maybe you're like, oh, I'll, well, I saw the bard, you know, drinking or doing something wrong, and I want to use that. And if you can weave something like that into the story, yes, then that's a situational bonus that I would mm. be like, awesome, cool, that's smart. You know, you're, you're thinking outside the box, let's try that. Um, even So, yeah, sometimes it depends. But flat out, no, I just... Again, it comes down to, do I give you a bonus to hit because you tell me you scream f***ing parkour as you leap off a wall and stab a monster? You know what I'm saying? Like, Dungeon Crawl Classics has you covered if you're a fighter. Awesome, you're good to go. There's a whole rule for that, yeah. uh, which, is an amazing, which is a cool rule. But, I mean, nah. But if you tell me, hey, there's a situation and I, I'm going to use this to my advantage... Yeah, hell, if it's even as simple as, like, there's an orc and I'm going to stab him in the face and thrust at him and, you know, the thief is, you know, on his hands and knees, old school style, you know, like we're five-year-olds and the monster's going to trip over backwards. Awesome, cool, you take take plus two, right? Yeah. No, that's that, that that's definitely fair as long as, like, the... And in that way, it does still persuade people to be creative while they're talking instead of just saying, like, you know, something that's uninspired that they've done 80 times before. Uh, yeah, and it really kind of pushes them to be creative. And even while you're talking, I think the only social interaction in RPGs that probably matches people while they're playing is probably bluffing. Since, as you said, we all don't know what's kind of going on. We're all just yeah. playing on on the world. But right. um, something Finder you actually said that kind of piqued my interest, and it, it was, it, I think, the social interaction part. The hardest part about it, especially in you know the world we're living right now, where we don't see the most of the people who are playing with and i think it is just the confidence but also being comfortable with the group like i think everyone here has probably played with someone who's been brand spanking new at the game who's never played it before and they're always awkward because they have that perception already built around 
them where it's like, I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to yeah. sound stupid. And it's only after a few sessions when they realize, oh, no, nobody here cares how I act. They're all just here to do the same thing I want to do. So I think comfort might be one of the biggest things to get over in order for those social interactions in those games in order to be manageable and fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a, it was it was I think right after I met Finder, but I ran a game. It's just ran, I, it's a, a rando pickup game. I just happened to run because I thought the rule set looked neat, and uh, that was the first time I got paid to, for running a game for people. And one of the players, she was brand new, and her, her boyfriend had wanted her to play, and she wasn't sure of it. But I did to her just what how I how I run you guys. Right, because he mentioned she never played before, and she was a little shy about that. Because yeah, again, it was she was kind of like, "Oh, why'd you say that?" You could you could hear it in her voice, and it was like, "Hey, everyone has to start at some point." And we got started, and you know, she didn't start naked in a fucking sacrificial temple or anything stupid as shit. <laughs> um, she was playing a warrior, and she got the respect that her character deserved. And I think that's the perspective, right? I come at it from you're playing this character, so I'm going to use words to remind you of your character class or your role. And I would just ask her, like, the interrogatives that I do for you guys. And within, you know, the first hour, her comfort level was was like she had been gaming all her life. And yeah. she had an easy time asking things, you know, still prefacing here and there with a few words. But it is what it is, you know. So, yeah, good observation, man. Yeah. And even like you saying that, the one thing I would say, Scott, what, which makes you a really good uh, GM is you ask questions you ask a lot of questions so when you say it's like oh we're doing this you ask the questions for how we do it and although it's like you're you're trying to flesh out the world a little bit more you're trying to get a little bit more out of us but at the same time by you always asking questions it opens people up to being able to ask questions without feeling stupid it's like you know no stupid questions especially in rpgs because you know yeah sure fair enough and it's it too it's because i want you guys to own it you know like, this is your game, not mine. I'm just the big dumbass who you guys have, you know, put your trust in to not do anything weird and to entertain you for, you know, a few hours. And so I want you guys to feel like at the end of it, like you've you've gotten something out of it. I think we talked about this before. It's just I don't want to waste your time and I want you guys to be like, oh, this is cool. I got to do the things I wanted to do. Yeah, no, it's definitely true. Do you have? Uh, there was something you guys both said about just just people in general, right? Comfort levels and hot jazz and socially interacting. And again, it's the real world. Think about how many people you actually talk to, and you actually don't know where they stand on a lot of issues, right? Because mm -hmm. they're just people are reticent to discuss things. And I mean, there are some people who are like, "Oh, they got to talk to people and work." But yeah, you and it kind of translates to the to the game where you think you know along those lines. You're not always going to know how someone really feels about shit. And you're not going to know how someone deals with anything. Um, so yeah, man, I don't know. It's just such a weird. It's a weird thing for me. That's why I wrote that new skill I use in almost every game I design now. With, with Neon Blood, I put Zeitgeist in there for this very reason. There's just shit your character is going to know that you can't possibly know about the world around you. It's just yeah. impossible, you know? You're not an elf. Yeah, and you see it also like with people like Street Smarts, everything kind of like that, where people yeah. put in those skills, and they kind of are underutilized, if you think. Yeah. Most, people, most, most people won't know... Well, what street smarts means? Oh, it means you know where to get the best pack of cigarettes and, you know, in the slums or something like that. No, it really just means is like, I think street smarts, you can really use it for any kind of skill, like any kind of skill check when it's like, hey, um, does my character know, like you said, how much, how much does it cost? How much on average is a good bribe? Yeah. 
Well, you yeah. know all that. Okay, well, yeah, your character knows. Or it's like, he's honestly not too sure he knows it in, the, like, any of it's, like, a thief. And it's like, well, he knows it in this area, so you might know, but you don't know if it's undervalued or overvalued. And that way you can kind of, you know, build up the lore. And I think that's actually a skill that's, even though it's not a social skill, it's one that could probably be used in the most social interactions in order to help flesh out the game. Absolutely. We were watching The Wire the other night, and I watched one of the cops completely fail a streetwise check. They rolled up on the corner boys, and they were looking for little Kevin. And to anyone else, right? Well, not to anyone else, to be fair. But if you know, if, if you kind of have a little bit of, of savvy about you, about nicknames and ball breaking, and again, this might be from the military perspective, because we do crazy shit, and people should be, people do it in other, other environments. But the kid they were looking for, they were looking for a tiny little kid, a young kid, or a skinny kid. And obviously, it was the heavyset kid standing there, right? I'm like, dude, you guys are failing. You guys are failing this role so miserably because your streetwise role just sucked, essentially. And it's like, no, man, if you knew anything about that culture and about the, about the, the, the snapbacks and how things play off, right? You'd be like, oh, okay, you know, you come here. Obviously, we know who you are. But yeah, that's just like you're saying, it's an example of how these skills get underutilized. And even for bribes, I think part of the problem is with bribes uh, or any kind of exchange of funds at all is because no one at the table is sure, just like Finer was saying. And so there needs to be an easier system. Like Savage Worlds handles it through, um, oh shoot, Deadlands Noir handles that pretty well. Like your investigation, they tell you how much, how much money you, 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 you have to spend on the investigation based on what you roll. So that's pretty cool. So for like games like D&D or, how, or something else that has a difficulty challenge, maybe just something as simple as like, hey, let's say it's going to be, you know, five gold pieces times the, uh, the difficulty check, right? Because that's, that's an easy metric for you to put into every game. It's like, yo, cool, DC 10, not, it's kind of be kind of easy for my thief, but I'm still going to have to spend some money and grease and palms. And it doesn't have to be actual gold. You could actually do like, hey, you owe a favor. I'm going to mark down how much that favor is worth uh, on this chart, and then we're going to come back to that. There's a whole ways of doing it. But yeah, you're not wrong. Man. A lot of skills go underutilized. And then a lot of skills go over overutilized. Like everyone thinks insight is you're some kind of body language psychic master and that you can predict what happens next in the in a fifth edition game. It's like, no, that's it's in no way, shape, or form how that skill no. works. Yeah. Yeah, like, but um, I love it when they let me because, uh, you know, I want to know you're lying to me, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Reading body language takes a that's a that's a whole skill set that people get paid a lot of money. Mm-hmm. To, like, to I do. have a I have a a basic knowledge of it, uh, just from a job I was doing in the past. I'm not gonna, you know, talk about any of those jobs, but um, when I was learning and this was more just like on a personal level just trying to get me to be a little bit better at it um body language itself even when it comes to the norm there is always exceptions to all those norms like some people do not react like in a situation like you would see in a in a book you will never find someone who's the absolute perfect measurement of body language it's not like that show what was that show called it was like 10 years ago or something that guy who was like the expert at body language mentalist uh, or something like that yeah i forget it was a good show i really liked it i i hated that it got canceled but um and i i i kind of agree with you with where that skill it, insight it just tries to say body language but 
I think you could also use it almost like a knowledge check where it's like, yeah, I think they're talking a little bit of shit. Like the river's not over here. It's actually over there. And like, let's say they're talking about a festival and they said the wrong month. It's like, well, that also part of it. It's, it should, it's also used like to dissect a conversation, yep. not so much just body language. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, if you have enough savvy about you, you could jump between skills, you know, and I, I do that to you guys. I've had players, will, especially you guys, will roll in and be like, oh, I'm going to use, you know, insight or whatever on this. Like, cool. Uh, this dude is talking a lot of slang and his affiliations and what he does for a living. I'm going to need a streetwise on this one to see if you can even follow the conversation, you know. And so mm-hmm. you need to be able to switch it up on, on your players. And that way there's not a, a win button. No, it, it's like, uh, yeah, there's always, diplomacy, I think, was that the one in the old D&D? Third edition? Yeah, that could just be yeah. used in order to, and like you'd see players said like I use diplomacy, I got a twenty, you have the whole town on your side now. Like that, uh, Yeah, that's because it's used incorrectly, right? I mean yeah. like these people don't even they, they don't open the rule book enough and the GMs I don't have the time or the care or they don't read it either because the skills also don't work the way they think they work. Um like Persuade in D and D is the new the new diplomacy, right? Oh, I, I'm gonna they're gonna do whatever I want because I rolled a 28. Nah, dog, that's not how it works. In fact, there's a whole ass chart in there that says depending on how they start out giving a shit about you, yeah, determines how you go. You only shift it one one column. You don't you don't magically make someone who wants to stab you in the face like you. It's not not how life works. Oh, uh, what was that? <laughs> what was that old? It was in, a, I think, an old D and D book where it was the guy who convinces the orc who's defending the for, uh, treasure. Did you ever have you guys ever? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, not at all. Okay, no. it, it was in one of the old books. Uh, I, it might have been second edition. I read it or something like that. Where they were talking about how to use persuasion skill, and um, so the orc is there and he's def- like the big boss orc. He's like defend, like trying to keep the treasure, and the rogue he goes and he's like, "Hey, man." why are you doing this? Like, can't we just all work together? And he goes on this monologue speech about how orcs shouldn't just be acting like orcs because they're orcs. You know, they, they have their own thoughts, feelings. And the orc then after hearing the speech was like, you are right. You know what? Let's be friends. And he puts out his blade and he sits in order to have a conversation. And then it goes like to the DM and our GM. Oh no, I can say DM. Yeah. I can say DM right now. Yeah, you um, the, and then the DM says, okay, what do you want to do next? And then the guy just says, I stab him in the I stab him in the face. Oh my god, man! <laughs> so a whole interaction towards the Sarm and the Zork, and then if I can find it, I'll try and post it on wherever the hell we were posting at the time. If Instagram's up yet, I will put it on Instagram, and it, it, it's honestly one of my favorite things I've ever seen That's in a book. Stupid! <laughs> it's great though. It's just the way that it's all built up. It's great. I didn't do it justice. I know I didn't. My persuasion's not good enough. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> um, so what do you guys think are some of the pitfalls of those kind of skills in game? Are some social like are some social more difficult than others, like in general? Um you know, I don't know if there's a pitfall. I think it's just they're there, I think, because they're trying to emulate something. And mm-hmm. we as players and GMs suck at emulating them and i think part of that is because <laughs> we don't know how to emulate them in real life either no but but i mean i think they serve a purpose because 
we do want to have things that aren't just strictly I draw my sword and go attack, right? I mean, some of the best games that I've ever played, like uh, back in the day, we were playing the old West End games, Star Wars, the first edition. And we had like an entire run, like six or seven sessions where we kept infiltrating Imperial bases and never pulling our guns to do it. I mean, we would, it was all subterfuge. It was all fast talking. It was, it, it, it was great. We had a lot of fun and those were mostly social games. Um, and, and that's where your social skills came into play a lot. And uh, fortunately, our game master was really good at using them and not using them when he didn't need to. Like, for example, if we were really into character and we were coming up with great lines, he allowed that to influence the game. And he's like, you know, what? let's not stop the flow Get through. They buy it or he'd do a quick roll and he wouldn't have us do a roll. He'd have them do a quick roll and and things would get complicated. But Social games can be a lot of fun, but people have to be willing to roll with it a little bit, give a little bit of flexibility, a little bit of leeway, and don't be tied to the rules as written as much if you want it to be a uh, a satisfying thing. But if you're going to require the player to have the character's knowledge, I think that's where the, the pitfall is, and, and too frequently GMs fall into that. It's like we don't force them to explain to us, oh, well, I'm going to put a tourniquet on his broken arm while I do a healing roll. Why do we why do we do that for intimidate or for persuasion? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's, that, I think that's the problem is, is not all skills are, treat, are treated equally um, when it comes to the character's abilities versus the player's abilities. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm not a fucking wizard, so uh, I, I could maybe explain some basic occult studies. But I, that doesn't translate to casting actual spells. <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely doesn't. You know? But it should just happens. Yeah, it's just like cool. But I do like the the, the medical stuff. Is is really interesting because that's like a very invaluable skill in real life. You know, basic life saving. And, and in, uh, in game, it's used not yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah, because the games are designed to where it's like it, it only comes into play at very specific times and. You know, and, I, and even given the abstract nature of, of hit points and wounds and all that jazz, yeah, that's crazy. That's a whole different like entire read. Yeah, but, about skills in general that that are underutilized because when you got healing potions, what's the point of medical? Well, yeah, just just you know, just well, I was looking at more like hit points and wounds and the um, yeah. abstraction there. Yeah, like so, I write games that include all that shit because I have a different perspective than people. On that, but again, that's a whole different different topic. I think as far as pitfalls with skills, I would say interrogation is probably the most dangerous. You know, air quotes of dangerous. You know, millennial use of the term dangerous uh, skill to have in a game because you're just people have watched way too many goddamn movies, (laughs) Um, and you know they don't understand soft sell tactics, hard sell tactics, and there's. There's a thousand ways of getting at someone, um, and again, it's it's if you're really doing it properly during an interview, right? Air quotes interview, yeah, um, because they don't call it a wheel. No one uses the term interrogation really anymore. Um, but there's ways of doing it where you're using 
like a lot of social skills on someone. You're not just using intimidate. You're using like bluffs and persuades and intimidation and mm-hmm. you're bouncing around between them and you're changing out interrogators because one person is good cop, one person's bad cop. That shit's real still. Uh, there's a whole lot that goes into it and I, I think I think this word fourth edition, D and D fourth edition, really shine was a skill challenge. And I use skill challenges in almost every game I design because they're they're brilliant. Um, for this very reason. But yeah, I think torture, any kind of torture or interrogation is, oof, man, just should not be done at the table. You're just not going to do it well, and it's it's nothing but going to be Eli Roth torture porn, for the most part. No, I agree with you. Um, I actually talked about this RPG last time, but it's just one of, like, you know, we're mentioning, like, the pitfalls of skills in-game. I think how they deal with social inter like interactions in the game is one of my probably more favorite but that might just be because it's the most recent rpg that i bought and it's super cool and it uses cards but um how they do it is they have actually two different phases like they have you know just as the game's going they have the combat phase and then they have uh i think it's called the action phase and the combat phase pretty self-explanatory. The action phase itself deals with uh, tense, tense situations or really just like very rapid actions that are occurring. So, for instance, like the action phase, you don't have any skills that are directly attributed to that. Instead, they almost have like the fate, fate approach where you have a one-line sentence about your character. Like, let's say, um the most wanted bounty hunter in the wild west right so they have something like that where if for some reason during this action phase there's something either to deal with intimid like let's say intimidation or even just trying to persuade someone to join your cause they could roll for a benefit because at at the end of the day like they have the guts behind it and all it is is like just a single draw of a card and then you get your bonuses based off of that, and that's it. And the whole action phase could last a whole entire game. It can have combat, it can have whatever, as long as it keeps the action, like, the thing moving, and your character, what he's doing, the archetype lines up with that, you get a bonus. Simple as that. And if it's something where your character may have a negative because of their archetype, that's when you get a negative, but it just keeps it rolling, so you don't have to decide what skill is it. You're just you're doing something challenging that you may not succeed. Draw a card. Done. Nice and easy. Doesn't have to deal with any of the you know tropes with persuasion or any of those kind of things. But if you guys ever get a chance to read that RPG, it's honestly such a great one. Nice. Yeah. I don't know if I just rambled on there, but I think how they answer how they handle like archetypes. I think even fate does that well. Yeah, with conversations because it's like, well, my character gets a bonus because it, you know, or you can do this because look at the archetype. It's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah, that's where um, the cipher system is fun, right? Because it's I'm a I'm a I'm a noun that does you know verb adjective. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a cool system. It really is because then you're like, oh okay, you know, cool. Then you have your your loose archetypes. Like, oh well, here's how I get my little bonuses and shit. But yeah, man. Finder's back on. Okay, I see his microphone. Yeah. I'm sure Finder wants to talk about the the coolness of Savage Worlds social. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I went on mute to make sure that I didn't have any background noise that was going to interrupt anything. So that's oh, okay. I mute all that anyways while I'm doing okay. it. Okay, 
Cypher system. Which which system? What games are those ones again? Yeah, Numenera. Numenera. Um, okay, yeah, I know what it is. Yeah, so, yeah. And there's the new. But uh, Savage Worlds is really cool. It, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, it call it. It literally calls it social combat for a good reason, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. And even while we we're talking, like before this episode even started, we we're wondering should we remove the words social combat from uh, the like from pretty much like how we're talking right now, because that can almost put it into more of a combative state when social combat itself can, you know, doesn't always have to be combative as contradictory as that sounds. And this, this episode actually has been one of the ones that we've, we want to do, but at the same time, we're trying to write up even some mock questions for this is very difficult because at the end of the day, we're talking about social. Like, if it doesn't come off fluid, this episode, like, between me and the audience, you guys stop listening for a second, it's going to suck. And I hope it doesn't, because <laughs> social, social, like, you know, it, it's not an easy topic to write about. It's easy to talk about if you get the flow, but re- in reality, like... I'm just saying it's so broad, right? We, we've yeah. talked about that. There's just so much to it, and every game wants to handle it different, and every game wants to have nuance, and they're... Monster Hearts, Apocalypse World. I mean, I would dare say those games were written around the very concept of, of the social interaction as being preeminent to the, to the game. Not just the narrative or the storytelling focus, but the actual social interaction between the characters is, is more important in those games than anything else. No, it definitely is. Like, uh, I'm not proud to admit it, but I, I played a game of Monster Hearts. God damn you. Uh, um, no, but it was actually really... It was a, it was, it was really neat because like we weren't doing like, you know, the whole just basic high school thing. We we're almost doing thinking in my mind. It's going to sound just as bad as whatever, but we're doing <laughs> almost like a high school musical where the whole thing. I know you keep laughing, Scott. Don't worry. I, 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 I suck. I know. Uh, but the whole the whole concept of it was essentially it wasn't going to parties. It wasn't any of that stuff. It was us trying to it from going from. uh theater class from the moment where okay we have to put on you know the school play from the start of it all the way till right before it it went on so it was all the interactions behind the scenes behind the setting of trying to get this thing going up while we're all psychotic monsters who are whatever but it was it was really (laughs) it was it was fun except um it suffers from the symptom of pbta where uh you're always gonna find some people in it who are um how to put this gently. Weird. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a certain crowd is attracted to certain people are attracted to certain game types, right? Yeah. And it's either I don't know I, I don't like I love PBTA games and people who've listened to this know that and I'm running you guys through Dungeon World now. Yeah. So but yeah, I don't know if it's like what was I gonna say? I don't know if it's how the game designers create like a mass formation kind of thing with the, with the crowds and be like, no, my game is about this, bro. This Mm -hmm. is how it's going to be done. And then it's like, okay, cool story, but I don't give a shit what you say because your rules are solid. Like, you know, shit, you know, I think I could take monster hearts and make it into something completely weird, but we had the same conversation about, um, Oh shit. What's this teenage superheroes game masks. Yeah. You know, like it'd yeah. be a cool super game. I just don't, I just don't want to have some of the shit that's in there. So yeah, and even like uh, when we're like how I got into that game, I was in a random Discord that was just for PBTA pickups, right? 
And yeah. I somebody mentioned something, and then I brought up. I, I think they were talking about um, God, what's that movie? I forget the movie, but the movie's not important. Uh, we were just talking about random stuff, and then we mentioned how it would be neat to do like almost like a play where the start where it's not much combat, but it just starts off at the production phase and goes all the way through, and we all have to pick roles. And someone was like, "Hey, you know, that's a good idea. Um, we could do it through." And they said Monster Hearts, and it was like it would ha- add this really crazy twist to it because we're all you know monsters who are trying to put on this play and it yeah. just sounded really neat so like before that i had no experience with monster hearts i think four out of five people who were on there never played monster hearts to begin with but it was just a really neat concept that people wanted to try out yeah yeah i mean the first move in monster hearts is literally turn someone on and you roll plus hot but let's stop let's stop the darkness substitute yeah <laughs> the, Keep... the, rest of, the rest of the skins and the moves are pretty, pretty yeah funny. you know what you're saying interrogo- in, uh interrogation is probably the hardest skill to actually do in the game i don't think it is i think it's you know trying to turn people on in rpgs is the worst goddamn skill you could ever have i'm Wait, sorry no. PB- I would know. Go ahead. Go ahead. PBTAs get rid of that sex move. I hate it, and honestly, it's why. Like, there's been so many times I'm like, "Oh, this PBTA looks good," and I see sex move, and I'm like, "Yeah, "Yeah, you know what? No, I'm I'm playing with a bunch of randos. I don't want the opportunity." It's not about having sex. (laughs) I had some dude who used to argue me about that shit. I'm like, "Well, it's right. It literally says fucking sex move, and that you roll the shit, and when you're you and some other character have sex, we're not fucking doing that." Yeah. Right, you guys both know my prime rule. Like I said, we've lost a play. We lost at least one player from the Dungeon World game because of my my primary rules. You know, when I when I run any game, we're not doing torture and we're not having sex. I don't give a shit about you, and I'm not here to have pretend sex with your pretend f- character, which you might be, you know, Jeffrey Tubin it to while we're fucking online. Not gonna happen. See, it's not about the sex. It's about the power that you get from the sex. <laughs> yeah, I'm like no. I'm not describing it. I'm not rolling to turn on f- finders. Not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's funny. So, so you may be correct. It may be the most ridiculous f- skill ever put in the game. But like I said, yeah. there are people who enjoy the shit. And it is what it is. Yes, I'm goofing on it. And we're going to hopefully get a lot of mad emails in your inbox. But it just is what it is. You know, I don't think the three of us. And we're a pretty wide swath of personality and belief systems. And it's just like, you got three people who don't want to sit and pretend to have sex with each other. <laughs> no. I wouldn't play Monster Hearts with my f***ing wife. No. So no. You're still teenagers. It's still f***ing weird. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank no. you. That's a, that's, a, that's a big conversational point yeah, of like, yeah. you know, is it pedophilia when it's, you know, you're watching teenagers have sex in horror movies? We'll put a pin in that conversation and save it for a different time. But you see, in Monster Hearts, you're all 16, so it's not. It's yeah. 18 <laughs> man. No. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I can see that. So you, maybe you were correct. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a topic I won't even touch, so you no. are correct. <laughs> but I, I'm going to say this one last thing about it because it's probably my favorite scene from a TV show, the community uh, episode where they're playing Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah, I have that. I own that shit. Oh, man, I love that episode. I think it's one of the most hilarious episodes. Yeah. One of the best episodes is when they're playing D&D. Yeah. Uh, so if anyone wants to see how to do sex scenes, not right, but at the same time, 
Oh, I guess they did mute absolutely everything except for the hand <laughs> gestures. You know. <laughs> the, my favorite part was what with the fingers, where it's like one finger, yeah. two fingers. If you put yeah. it to, then it's like keeps on going to like five, and it's like, oh, yeah, no, exactly no, no. What doing, is, right? yeah. Yeah, and it's the it's the the one blonde girl doing it. So yeah, yeah. And then you get to hear uh Pierce um say the the one thing that I, I love to hear people they think they can fing win Dungeons and Dragons. And man, when he screams I won Dungeons and Dragons and it was advanced, that was amazing. Because I'm like bing, <laughs> bingo. Well played. Because uh, the guy who writes the show, who does who designed the show, he actually plays D D. Oh he's yeah, big, yeah. Yeah, he's a big nerd, Dan Arm. So I'm like, yeah, man, you put that in there and Bravo, yeah. bravo, sir. Because there are nerds who believe you can win at Dungeons and Dragons, and they're called Munchkins. Yeah, you <laughs> one of the guys in the one of the later episodes. You know, like when everything was wrapping up. Um, that's I think that's actually Dan Harmon's uh, actual DM. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, they had the whole thing. So, oh, here we go on a tangent. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's All not right. a tangent right. because we're just being sociable. It's the name of the episode. It's a true sociable. statement. We could talk about anything. It's not right the now. name of the episode. You are incorrect, sir. Well, it could be. I, I still have the power to Come change on. it. God damn it. The name <laughs> of the episode is funny. It's no. contentious. Uh, anyway. Like it too. Um, what, are the, what other questions do you have? <laughs> okay. Um, you I got? think we answered a couple of these. but uh, We did. What systems would you recommend for anyone who's actually looking for more of a social heavy game? Monster um, Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One that's not weird. I'm sorry to the people who created Monster Hearts and everything like that, but Apocalypse. we 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 rip on everything. It, no, it wasn't the it wasn't oh, the people who created Apocalypse World. I'm pretty sure that. No, no, no. It's a different different. So I'm just saying Apocalypse World also has the sex move. Although uh, they have a revision of Apocalypse World that I have, and uh, there was a few changes that were made. It was interesting to read uh, Baker's reasons of why things shifted. Um, but yeah. I mean, I'm maturing a little bit. I can only assume it happens to everyone. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, sociable game. If you like systems that handle social, I don't know interactions like, a little bit more. Yeah, it depends on what so you the, want the to do. That, yeah, go ahead, yeah, dude. Well, the ones that come top of mind for me would be like Ten Candles. Yeah, because that game almost is entirely social. Yeah, uh, there's very little. You have like a total of ten dice, and they move from one group to the DM or to the GM at some point. And so there's no skills, there's no character sheet really. Um, so ten candles would be one. I am going to make an assumption here because I've not read the book yet, but dialect, uh, uh, based on the fact that that's all around language, I would assume yeah. that's more social. Yeah, oh, I have dialect too because I'm a philologist. So uh, yeah, I, it's not. It's weird. It's not, I don't think it's really a game. It's it's different. It's amazing, but for for different reasons. Go ahead. Sorry. So, I, was just, I need to read the book yet. I haven't read it yet. Yeah. It's sitting right there on my desk. I'm looking at it, and I got the deck of cards. But... <laughs> yeah, same thing. I'm staring at it. I'm like, I open it and make sure I'm not being stupid, but I'm like, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's almost like, um, oh, man, that's uh, yeah, Microscope. You know, Microscope is a game where you socially build the world, and then you use that. You can use that for role-playing in. Uh, I've ran it a few times. Um, this kind of, I think dialogue is kind of like that, so maybe it's social, but not really because you're still building something fundamentally. But you are anyway. Go ahead and say no. I'm, I, th those are the ones that come to mind for me that are if you're looking for a heavy social interaction type game, 
you're going to look at ones that are the downplay combat, in my opinion, which are going to be your less mainstream games. Most of your mainstream stuff is combat. Yeah, that's the question, right? Is uh, are we talking about socially social oriented games or games that have a good mix of mechanics that are normal air quotes RPGs with solid social mechanics? What are you talking? Um, about? You know what? I think both of them really kind of apply because there's games that, although, like I was saying, like let's. I'm just going to bring up fate just for the archetype thing, even though I don't think it has that great of a social, eh, actually you could probably do it uh, where, although it could be rules light, it really does promote the social aspect of the game. But then also, is there many games out there that really handle social interactions? Well, mechanically, because I think going light may be easy, but is there anything that even may not be as light that handle it to a good degree in some capacity? Uh, man. In which case, uh, I, I will go with Savage Worlds. I feel is good yeah. for social because they've set it up to where you can use social skills even in actual combat. So you don't yeah. have to be this combat monster. You can be a support character. Yeah, like your bard can be taunting people. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. It's just genius, actually. You're not so, wrong. Um, I, I think Savage Worlds handles it fairly well. Doesn't mean there aren't issues, but I think the issues. And this could be true for most systems as well. The issues, I think, aren't necessarily with the rules, but with the way the GM runs the rules. Yeah. Yeah, and two players, right? Because, like, it's very rare you'll see a player do, you know, a taunt in Savage World. Yeah. So they almost always forget that it's that's something they can do. Um, yeah. Except for weird. my Friday night group, because I've got a, a friend who always wants to play the taunter. <laughs> oh, there you go. I mean, it's handy, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, games that have a good. I mean, obviously, Powered by the Apocalypse is very social. I mean, mm-hmm. even, even in the game like Dungeon World, is still a very socially oriented game because you're still having the conversations and um, I don't know. But I guess the skill set right isn't really. I actually, yeah. I think it might be something else, and it's something we touched on a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, I think it's because there's almost a little bit more invested because a lot of those games, like, you know, with the PBTA games and all that, they're ones where really the players are helping create the world. And I think once you have a little bit more of an investment in the world and you know that if you say, well, this, because I think in this world it goes kind of like this and the, and the other players are like, yeah, you know what? That makes sense. You're really kind of investing yourself into the world by making these decisions. And it will really help with, role-playing i think actually questions might be the best way to get social interactions out there is by giving people that buy-in that this world is not the gms or dms or whatever it's their world to play in and they're helping create it well you know every gm wants to have tight rein control over their world even i've have to had to learn how to give that up and you make suggestions but yeah so for games like that yeah you're looking at like um Ooh, man, the Dragon Age role-playing game. And they even have a whole, um, like, their critical success system has some social interactions where if you roll correctly, and a critical, for lack of a better term, um, yeah. you can look on this chart and spend these points in order to do more. Um, Call of Cthulhu, very social-oriented, right? Because it's all investigative work and talking to people and figuring shit out. Uh, and they even have degrees of, of success and failure, so which is kind of handy. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. 
I just like I said, I've designed games and I try to make I try to make social in social interaction yeah. at the stage because I have social skills, you know. But those are the baseline in my mind of like, hey, I want this ganger to shut his fucking mouth, so I'm gonna roll intimidate, right? Or I want him to do this thing, so we're gonna try to do this other thing, and I'm gonna influence him a little bit. But then I still have that social mechanic where you know, in both game, in both the fantasy and the neon blood and cyberpunk game, where you break someone through it's interrogation, but it's 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 more of a social interaction of push, 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 and you're you're wearing someone's patience. And their ability to resist um, you down, um, and, and fairly rapidly. It takes both games only have it on a, uh, it takes a full page. Actually, not even true. The fantasy games half page. Um, see, I don't know, man. But I think Call of Duty the Dragon Age game. I'm just I'm tur- I've turned around, looking at the collection of nonsense on my shelves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Honestly, yeah. And then and the PB. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I I was even thinking. I was like, I I think trying. I think this is like another one where it's like you're kind of oh god, vampire, world of darkness. I'm sorry. Uh, we've used this. We've oh yeah, th- those ones would be good because they're meant yeah. to be actually a role playing yeah. game. In fact, it's it's a it's a LARP. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So those ones would do a lot better. But um, I I was even kind of thinking. I was like, I don't think. I think we got to stop looking at like, you know, the whole social aspect of games as, you know, interactions of the players just acting out, you know, like, you know, rolling this, rolling that. I think it really has to come down to, um, God, where was I going with this? I kind of lost my train of thought. I think it has to come down to more people understanding the world, the world that they're in, because once that's done, the social interactions, whether it comes from playing the game where you're trying to, you know, fight off this guy or to the points it's like, hey, like, you know, the back streets, what do they look like? Like the back streets of the slums, what do they look like? What's that? Those right. are all social interactions that we're doing that may not be directed towards our characters, but it's something that really promotes all social interactions throughout the entire game. And we got to. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, you know, how many, I mean, how many people, uh, you know, I live in Memphis. How many people who play role-playing games could describe, and for anyone listening who might be in Memphis or have awareness of it, and, you know, I came from the D.C. area before that, how many people who play role-playing games can honestly describe a place like Fraser or Riley, right, which is two of the, two of the more hostile areas in Memphis, right, the rough areas, or Baltimore, West Baltimore? Like, well, without, without Googling it, without looking for pictures, there's not many people who are like, oh, yeah, that's, that's you know, let's f- around and find out area. Well, Frasier was a good TV show in the 90s. <laughs> uh, oh, well, it's not a TV show in Memphis, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, well, it's, it's true. true. But it's, it's true. Yeah, I do see what you're saying, though. The conceit of the world yeah. informs the characters, because really the social skills are for character interaction. Yeah, you know the players are living vicariously through it, but it's just it, it really complicates things. I th- again, it's just I get really upset when people force people to to do shit yeah. when they're not forced to do other shit. It just drives me insane. So here's an idea: yeah. instead of doing social skills where you see like intimidate and everything like that, you delete them all, and in the part of social, you mm-hmm. just leave a part so that you can do a one sentence line about your character. That way, if you could see that it actually works with their thing, they get like you know with their be- their little quick story, they get a bonus to the role. If it doesn't work at all, 
you know, they get nothing, or if it works against what their character is, they get a negative. Simple as that. That way you don't have to deal with Intimidate. You don't have to deal with any of those ones. It's simply, does this actually fit my character? Because one of my biggest pet peeves with any kind of social interaction is why do you have to use Charisma when you're intimidating by trying to shove the guy into a locker? Right, yeah, which is why 3rd Edition, you know, allowed you to, you had the option of doing Strength or Charisma. Yeah, it's it's completely true. There's it's yeah. it's not really a and yeah. There's discussions for you know how what charisma really functions as and but yeah, I mean, bigger guys are going to be left the fuck alone more times than not, right? And that's yeah. just a natural. It's, it's a reality. He could um, he could have no charisma. He could be yeah. the most boring man on the planet. Yep. But that doesn't mean that he can't intimidate the fuck out of you. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, it's, I don't know, man such a weird thing in games but so vital and so used constantly it is i honestly feel like we could have like an eight part episode of this stuff just because there it's not something easy to quantify it's not something easy to just you know here's the answer so if you guys are looking for an answer of how do you deal with social to be honest i think it just depends on your group just ask questions i think that's the best way you can possibly do it yeah, I mean, that's all I really do. Even in D&D and shit, I'll just have a meet characters and I'll just talk as an NPC and uh, just wait for people to respond, you know? And I don't always make people do skill rolls because it's just, let's just have a conversation. Like, if you just want a free flow, awesome, just say words. But if it comes to a point where you and I disagree, which is the case for everything as it should be in a game about what the outcome is going to be of something you're mm-hmm. saying or wanting to do, then that's where the dice need to hit the table. And I think maybe limiting the amount of skills that get used instead of every other five minutes is a, is a goddamn skill roll for something might be better. Yeah. Um, and again, that's, that's just as hypocritical. It'll be like, okay, well, why am I rolling to hit every single round in combat? Yeah, touche. You know, I don't know, man. You, you yeah. know, that's where, Savage, that's where I think Savage Worlds has a good mechanic for dramatic tasks because... That courtroom case doesn't come down to a single role. It comes down to a, you're going to have a series of roles. You need to get yeah. this many successes and here's your penalty or your difficulty. And, and depending on what things go, each role may be modified, but it, it's more than just a single role that determines such a big outcome. There's things that you do in a dramatic pass scenario and the ultimate end of that task could be complete success it could be partial success it could be complete and utter failure and there's room for interpretation based on how well the end of that period ends up right so you you need to get 15 tokens you got 10 so you were close but no cigar so here's how that plays out yeah um which I, i really like yeah and even um you mentioned that kind of brought me made me think of something else with unbound where before the start of every action like phase you got you, you and your group kind of set this tone. So let's say it's the same thing with the courtroom, where it's like, oh, we during this court case, this we gotta, you know, figure out this. And it does the same thing, like as it does in Savage, where it you set up things. So it's like if you have ultimate success, this is what it looks like. If you fail every single draw up to like you know, it gives you like let's say five up, five down. So if you get up to five and you have three failures in it too. That's a partial success. If you get all failures, but a couple right, you know, it comes through. But now there's some sort of like, you know, some clutch moment that needs to happen in order to make sure that, you know, the guy may only get off, get three months in jail instead of serving 
uh, you know, 20 to life just because you didn't do your stuff correctly, you know, and things like that. So it adds those kind of boundaries to it. But uh, yeah, that's all. Yeah, it's kind of like, kind of like that scene from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure with the King. <laughs> I was just about to watch that movie. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. So they, what, what, I, what I like about that scene, though, is they failed and they're going to mm-hmm. get thrown in the Iron Maiden and then they crit fail. <laughs> off with their heads. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, and then they just keep, but it just keeps moving along the story cuz it's, you know, good yeah. good GM. Yeah. Oh, man. You guys got anything else to add for uh this topic or I don't I don't think so. This is a longer know. topic. Damn. No, good. This one like to our listeners like this was not an easy one to actually tackle and I, I we might come back to it down the line. Um <laughs> Because, like, I don't know if we answered any of the questions. Like, this is not. So an easy... just... Yeah, it's not. It's not... We answered them. It's just not an easy topic. It's how yeah. you handle it at the table, and if you're going to be a douchebag about it or not. That's really. Let's say, <laughs> yeah, let's say we uh, rolled a few crit fails, and we got a cu- and we got a couple uh, successes on the dice roll. So we're going to be pushing the story story forward from here. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, um. All right, RP people, that's all the time we have for today. I hope you enjoyed yourself. If you liked what you heard, subscribe, as as we'll be bringing it to you every other week. We're a brand new podcast, and it would really help us if you shot us a like on Podbean. How do you guys feel about social interactions and even social combat in games? Do you think that's underutilized, ignored, or, you know, hell, do you have any good stories of some social interactions that you had during a game that really just made the game pop? Let us know. Love to hear it. And maybe we'll, if we get enough replies, we'll, you know, come up with an episode with this. Thanks for listening and say, see you next week.